Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about why are schools teaching gender identity to young children? And I, having an eight-year-old, our my, my wife and I having an eight-year-old son, uh, we've been caught in the crossfire of this in public school uh, for the past, uh, since kindergarten. And it's pretty amazing that uh, that schools actually have it in their curriculum to teach this. But that, unfortunately, is the way it is. And it's so. Uh, what's really bewildering is the whole idea that there's so many things that have been cut out of our children's education, such as art and uh, 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 the ability to study maybe even languages at a young age when pe- kids can pick up. You know, there's so many more things that kids could learn. We don't even teach people how to be married. We don't teach people how to be in relationships. We don't teach people how to raise kids, but we're teaching people uh, gender identity between kindergarten and second grade. That's what blows me away. So, you know, it's common for people to think the terms of sex and gender as being the same, but they mean some very different things. Someone's sex refers to the physical biology, being male or female. A person's gender identity however, is a person's sense of who they are, male, female, both, or neither. And your gender identity is a deep sense of your own gender. In some cases, person's gender identity may be different from their biological sex. And so we have to wonder, you know, when do children become aware of their gender? And and most children developmentally start showing their gender identity around two to three years old. And, and they may do this by choosing certain toys, colors, clothes that seem to appeal more to boys or girls. And by the time they reach three years old, most children prefer to play games, which they think fit their gender and with other children who are the same sex as them. For example, boys may play together with trucks and girls may play together with dolls. However, children don't start to think of their gender as being fixed or forever until they reach about six to seven years old. Old. And this happens when they're old enough to understand what gender actually means. And they have fully socialized. And that means they behave in ways that they think their environment expects them to. What creates gender roles? And if you think about this, uh, we're, we're going to look at the, the hypothesis of teaching uh, to school children of what how that may affect them and that age group of six to seven, which is exactly what they're targeting to go after. But they are influenced by both our genes, uh, and I'm talking about our gender roles, and, as part of our biology and our environment. And children often copy adult role models such as their parents or teachers. So if a boy sees his father mostly doing jobs like fixing the car or a girl sees her mother doing most of the cooking, the child may think these are men's jobs and women's jobs. However, it's important that children know that girls can do well at games, sports, school subjects like math, which societies typically associated with boys. Likewise, it's important for boys to have the freedom to follow their interests, regardless of whether it fits what person they have to, or people they have traditionally thought of as appropriate. 
So there's some things we can do as parents to help prevent our children from developing gender stereotypes when they're young. A stereotype is commonly understood but fixed set of ideas and views about what it means to be a certain type of person. Unfortunately, children do not have the understanding and the holistic ideas of having all of the understanding of what it would be to be a woman or what it would be to be a man or what it would be to be transgender or cisgender, whatever that is, they're still establishing their identity. And we establish identity all the way through our 20s. And so the bottom line is we're borrowing from each other. And that's fine when we are in that stage of life. However, we are not borrowing necessarily from each other. We're borrowing from our adults which have a great influence on us when we're before 10 years, 10 years old. So if you want to help your children, give them games, media, books, puzzles that are gender neutral or show men and women in, in non-stereotypical roles like a female firefighter, maybe a male nurse. We also want to give both girls and boys a wide range of toys to play with, trucks, dolls, action figures, blocks. Allow children to choose the sports or activities that interest them. Let your child see you doing a variety of tasks that may not be typical of the gender. For example, dad could do the laundry, mom could mow the lawn, whatever. You know, we all pitch in together. But the, the, the bottom line is we want to praise both boys and girls for the same behavior. For example, if they're neat or courteous or kind, uh, physically active, we want to encourage that. Encourage children to make friends with both boys and girls. Make them try to try to use their gender neutral terms such as a firefighter rather than a fireman. You know, gender inequality. Gender inequality emerges when people are treated differently and are discriminated against based on their gender and that's not okay you know there's in australia by the way they made a lot of progress supporting equality for women however women are still on the average paid less than men take uh, more low-paid unpaid caregiving roles experience more workplace discrimination sexual harassment and more likely to be victims of partner violence but gender diverse individuals include transgender, where their gender identity does not match their biological sex. Non-binary is also another term, neither male or female or a blend. Gender fluid moves between gender identities and the, uh, the, or a gender, which doesn't identify with any gender. And so youths and adults especially from these studies in Australia, who are transgender or gender diverse can also experience high levels of discrimination, bullying and harassment. And this can lead to feelings of loneliness and isolation, as well as mental health issues, depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. And that is one of the reasons why they are trying to teach this stuff to our young children is to, to eliminate the possibility of being uh, centered out and, and squared up against as, a, as from bullies perspective and people pushing you around. But it's important for children to learn how to develop social skills, to communicate respectfully. You know, that's one thing, communication, how to talk to each other, how to treat each other. It's another thing to identify gender. And that's a step over the line, in my opinion. It doesn't mean it's your opinion or anybody else's, but it is a very strong step over a moral and value-oriented line to try to corner our children into the idea of understanding sex at such a young age and then trying to influence how they think about their own sex. You know, uh, it's, it's really more important for children to understand how to uh, manage their emotions, how to solve problems, 
how to manage bad moods and stress, how to go to friends and others for help. These are things that we should be teaching. Encourage relationships which are respectful and caring. You know, once again, we don't teach marriage in school. We don't teach relationships in school. We don't teach how to raise children in school. Sadly, that is bypassed. But then gender identity is put on the forefront. And that is scary. Gender dysphoria is also something. It's an emotional distress experienced by somebody who's transgender or gender diverse. And it's caused by feelings they were born into the wrong body. And around three years of age or older, many children who are transgender or gender diverse will begin to express their identities, as other children do, through their play, behavior, choices. And this could mean dressing more like the opposite sex or playing games with toys typically associated with the other sex. However, it's normal for all children to experiment with gender roles and make sense of their place in the world as a girl or a boy. And this exploration does not necessarily mean your child is transgender. In younger children, gender dysphoria may show up in the form of emotional problems or behavioral issues. And you may also notice that the child repeatedly saying they belong to the opposite sex or want to be the opposite sex will will or will be when they grow up. They may persistently draw pictures of the opposite sex. For example, a boy might often draw pictures of girls and women. In younger children, gender dysphoria may show up in the form of emotional problems. Uh, you may also, the, 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 you know, the, notice they're saying that they belong to the opposite sex. And, and, and if you understand that uh, a gender diverse child reaching puberty and the teenage years, their bodies undergo changes in line with their sex rather than their gender. And this can cause them to become very distressed and they experience mental health issues and, and they may even seek professional therapy as help. So it's important. That, 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 that transgender child or teenager has supportive people in their home, community, uh, uh, and school who understand and affirm their identity. But that is they're coming into their identity, not when they're coming into their understanding values. Teens with gender dysphoria, you know, they, they may be offered in early puberty uh, uh, something that, that, that might help them understand their puberty, understand what the puberty is all about, understand that their life is a process, it's not an outcome, and that they have a right to understand what gender they want to be. But they need to do that at an age where they're not affecting their hormonal body. And here we are creating laws where you can actually take testosterone and stuff like that to create yourself being a man. You may uh, choose to, to, to set yourself up for a surgery to become a woman, you know, and people are doing that at a young age now. And that's very sad. You know, research provides evidence that cisgender children, children who identify as a boy or a girl, according to their assigned sex at birth, show clear patterns of gender development. By age three, they label their gender based on their sex assignment at birth and prefer children of the same gender as playmates. And throughout early and middle childhood, cisgender children show behaviors that are stereotypically associated with their gender, including preferences for specific toys and clothes. But what about transgender children, children who live as gender that differs from their sex assignment at birth? These kids have a completely different gender socialization experience. And compared to their cisgender peers, they live apart 
of their childhood as member of one gender, the gender associated with their assigned sex at birth, and the other part as members of another gender, so the gender with which they identify. And what does their gender development look like? Well, does it differ from cisgender children's development? Well, it is influenced by the amount of time in which they've been treated as their current gender. So results, and I'm not trying to give this a sciencey approach, but there is research out there. So let's take advantage of that. The results show that transgender children identify as members of their current gender group, then their assigned sex at birth, both at the implicit and explicit level, and reported preferences that they're stereotypically associated with. In other words, transgender boys identified as boys and preferred stereotypically masculine toys and clothes, as well as being friends with other boys. Similarly, in these uh, research, transgender girls identified as girls and favored stereotypically feminine toys and clothes and playmates of the same gender. So what's really amazing is that transgender children's gender identity and expression were not related to the amount of time in which they were treated as their current gender. When they had socially transitioned do, uh, and do not differ from gender development of their cisgender peers, that is both transgender and cisgender children reportedly identify with their current gender and showed similar stereotypical gender type preferences. This is important. It's important for us to understand that, that our children develop these ideas much later in their childhood than they do in their prior years. And though many kids becoming more comfortable defining their own gender through clothes, hairstyle, persona, that doesn't mean that their parents are always on the same page. Often, parents tell me they don't know how to react to their children wanting to express their needs outside of their sex identified at birth. And so parents often ask, what should I do if my son wants to wear makeup? Or, or should I, I uh, uh, let my daughter dress in masculine clothes? Many loving, caring parents simply don't know how to raise a child that wants to live outside of the gender binary male and female. And it's important to parents to develop a better understanding of gender identity and be respectful of it. So I'm not against this. I'm not saying let's be against it. What I'm saying is let's try to come to grips with it when a child is old enough to make holistic choices, life choices that are very, very important to them and allow them to to identify in whatever way, shape, form, or fashion. You know, I've also seen opposite gender expression persist into adolescence and sometimes a desire to change their biological sex. Although long-term research in childhood gender dysphoria, feeling sadness, internal turmoil about their gender is limited and politically controversial, and in practice there are more about options than ever before for kids who are questioning their gender identity. What's really sad is politicians are getting behind this and not really understanding the science and the dynamics of what's happening and what they're doing, and they're allowing our schools not only to teach these uh, the, these uh, type of curriculum, but they're also looking at the idea of protecting the schools from having to let the parents know that that's what they're teaching. And that's just not right. It's sneaky. It's cowardly. And it has no integrity. 
You know, you want to allow your child to use makeup or style their hair however they want. This freedom can prevent gender dysphoria. Children who are not allowed to explore beyond narrow, stereotypical gender choices may eventually develop discomfort with their gender identity, resulting in depression and suicidal tendencies because there's parts of them that are not being accepted. And we, as parents, have to understand that we do need to accept their tendencies. We don't have to look at it from a concrete perspective. What we do want to do is look at it from the idea of development, that they're trying things on, they're understanding things. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. Exploring is there's nothing wrong with it. Experiential learning. There is nothing wrong with that. What's really important is that we understand the consequences of what comes about from these kind of choices. And a lot of times kids can't get there unless they actually live in that idea of gender dysphoria and try to explore it for themselves so they can concretely come to a conclusion about their own sexuality. And parents need to be flexible and start teaching children about gender and sexual orientation from a young age. I mean, by the way, when we're in the womb, we don't have an identified sex except for chromosomally until we get closer to uh, the midterm, mid part of a pregnancy. And so, you know, it's really important for us to be fluid as parents and allow children to explore because we cannot stop the world. We cannot stop the school systems. We can if we try together, but that's going to be a really hard thing called a revolution. But the bottom line is, you know, we all have to understand that we have to understand our children are going to be influenced by all kinds of things in this world, including gender identity. And we need to prepare them for that and have them have a solid process of thinking, not corner them into a particular gender identity. Otherwise, what we may be forming is a child who will be prejudiced and bully other kids who do that. And that's not what we want to uh, uh, gravitate towards. We want to be expressive. We want our kids to be empathetic and compassionate to anyone and everyone. But that doesn't mean we have to agree. We don't have to agree. What's really upsetting is we place a lot of meaning on gender identity, especially protecting our youngest children. And that's important for us to do. It's important for us to understand. It's important for us to push back on these school districts. But it's also important to understand that we have to also, at the same time, teach love and compassion to our children. All right, we're going to take another break, or a break, and we're going to come right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. 
Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about why are schools teaching gender identity to young children? And, you know, the, the pronoun thing is also a pretty strong crazy maker. If you think about it from the pronoun thing, they, them, uh, you know, who, you know, he, she, him, he, all that kind of stuff. It's very confusing that they, them. Come on now. Teaching that to young kids, that is just confusing. It's very confusing. Everyone experiences shame. We feel shame when we violate social norms we believe in. Norms differ across cultures and have varied circumstances. And since we've developed internalized gender norms, we feel deeply uncomfortable violating them. But it's not even always necessary for a disapproving person or a bully to be present to feel this shame. We only need to imagine another person's judgment. This becomes internalized personal narrative. And and what a person takes in as their own personal narrative is great. But when we're forcing it upon other people to try to identify them as the way they don't identify themselves at a young age, when kids are just forming the idea of who am I as a boy or a girl, can be very, very confusing. And is it appropriate? No. No, they have bigger problems to solve than gender identity, much bigger problems. You know, the kids are are notoriously unpredictable as they grow up. They begin to explore their identity. They change their mind constantly. And as a parent, you won't be able to see anything, everything that's coming. But you have to understand they are a work in progress just because they say I'm a, a she, he or she, whatever, uh, uh, you know, the bottom line is you you have to let them go. You kind of let them float for a while in that crap and see if that's going to stick. But it doesn't mean you have to freak out as a parent. You know, it's important for parents to unpack their own shame around gender and sexuality so they don't pass that shame to their kid. You know, kids need to feel accepted by their parents to feel safely explore different parts of themselves. It's important to allow your child to experiment with gender so as not to encourage gender dysphoria and 
its negative effects. You know, if you accept and take pride in your child, others will follow. Show positive interest in your kids' forms of expression. Ask questions when appropriate. Educating yourself on gender and sexuality may also make you more equipped to handle unforeseen outcomes. You know, stay up to date on the new findings and the perspectives. Watch TV, movies with those themes. This will make you more comfortable expecting the unexpected. But what can we do from the day one, you know, you ensure your kids to feel loved and accepted no matter what. You give them the vocabulary to describe themselves. But that is at a later time period. That is at a time period when they're ready to make those choices in their teen years at least, at least. This will help them understand more about themselves. And it doesn't mean that that's where they're going to land. It just means that that's another phase of their experiential learning. You know, uh, being open with children about diversity of people they encounter will help them be more accepting and loving. Openness will also prevent a self-esteem crisis if they realize that they fall outside the box. Just because somebody identifies them as a certain gender, themselves as a certain gender, doesn't mean you are forced to do that. But you can honor that. You can understand it. And, and, and what you can try to do is be diplomatic about it. But that doesn't mean that we have to call them what they want to be called as far as he or she. But maybe by name, if they want to be called a different name, allow them to be called a different name. That doesn't mean that's where it's going to be. You know? There's, there's gender, equal play, and, and early learning in child care. That's important, okay, where they can identify themselves through different toys, different play, different ways they interact with kids. That's fine. And, and so that, that boosts their awareness of the positive benefits of encouraging and supporting gender equality from an early age. But launching the resource is very, very confusing. So we need to understand that that's something that's better handled in the home rather than handled by the, uh, by the, by the school systems. Uh, so what we have to do is understand that the benefits for children in society uh, is very uh, gender balanced, and that's another thing that kids are going to have to face when they start when they're in the workplace. They are going to have to face the idea the the fact that there are policies and guidelines that allow the uh, that allow a business to operate with equal gender roles, where there's gender diversity and everyone is respected. That in the school system is a great idea, but forcing them to face their sexuality at a young age can be very, very, very confusing. Gender equality has a high media profile right now, and the public debate can often arouse strong emotions. This can mean that some uh, services are understandably nervous about their approach to gender equality, like avoiding negative stereotyping. That's important. I get it. You know, touching a kid or a person on the butt, you know, uh, 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 inspecting, you know, someone's genitalia. You have to be very careful about that, especially if you're in the medical field. You know, uh, uh, we really, really, really have to step into this and come to grips with a dialogue rather than have the school system shove it down our throat. Because parents are intentionally left in the dark about the harmful ideas on gender being peddled to our kids. Gender identity was once a fringe concept of a postmodern philosophy. And so, you know, today it's regularly causing real harm to children and teenagers, particularly girls across the country in sports, schools, and even youth camps.
And one glaring example is what recently happened to a fifth grade girl from Weaver Elementary School in Los Alamos, California. Without any warning to parents, two biological males were placed as counselors at Camp Paley in San Bernardino. Those counselors spent three nights in the same cabins with the girls. These males instructed the girls to use they, them pronouns. And one might think this is shocking. But in reality, it's only the, uh, a, a simple example. Gender identity is also taking presence over student well-being and safety across the nation. For example, you know, in Loudoun County, Virginia, a 15-year-old skirt-wearing male student was allowed to select the school bathroom that they wanted to use. And they tr- were transferred to another school. And they sexually assaulted another girl after doing it in their original school that they did. And adding insult to injury, not long after that, the National School Board labeled parents such as the father of one of these girls who actually protested against what happened to their daughter uh, and spoke out against transgender and the racial policies at the school meetings were labeled domestic terrorists by our Attorney General of the United States. You know, the blatant promotion of transgenderism has infiltrated schools without parental consent and at the expense of academic learning and the taxpayer. Gender identity school policies and practices are becoming widespread. Curricula, books, videos, activities promoting transgender ideology are used with students as young as five years old. And it's common, moreover, for these materials used with students to contain sexually explicit content. One example of transgender indoctrination is the common use of lower elementary school classrooms of the gender unicorn and the genderbred person. These resources employ an endearing character, a unicorn or a gingerbread man, to guide young children through self-selecting their gender identity and their gender expression, the gender they'd physically be attracted to, the gender they emotionally attract to. Each option, even their sex assigned at birth, includes the following categories, men, women, feminine, masculine, and other. That is confusing. That is confusing to young children. They don't understand this. It's purely indoctrination. It's purely trying to shape them. And parents are intentionally left in the dark by the school personnel without the sexual content being taught. Often parents find out about the content from their children who are confused. And they have nothing to come back to their children with because they didn't know that was being taught in the first place. You know, even here in the state of Washington, the superintendent of public instruction forbids teachers from communicating with parents concerning the claimed or cursed gender identity of their child starting in kindergarten unless the minor, as young as five years old, gives consent. In a total disregard for parental authority, school personnel are bound to secrecy concerning the acknowledgement and often dramatically celebrated claim gender identity of the boys and girls. Furthermore, they assert here in Washington, the superintendent of public instruction, a student's age and grade level should never be used to delay, deny a student's gender transition. Come on, really, really. You know, the school culture has children questioning and discussing with another what gender identity they plan to select. And consequently, one teacher here in Washington shared that 
their their students this year, six have changed their gender identity. Four others have changed their appearance to resemble the opposite gender. You know, come on, come on. That is so confusing and ridiculous. When will this government in the United States, our governments, who we pay taxes to, have common sense? What in the world is happening? You know, the preoccupation with gender identity indoctrination is moreover at odds with the reality of biological sex. Our parents need to be teaching sex to our children, not the school system. Yes, they may learn how sex is conducted maybe in middle school, maybe in early or late high school. But the bottom line is, come on, why are we teaching choice to children who are, don't even know who they are? They don't even know what they are. They, and, and you're teaching them to make a choice? It's crazy. First, the, the crowding out of academic learning, which is already deficient by inappropriate sexual classroom content, is, is educational malpractice, in my opinion. And it, it really creates a lot of confusion and insecurities, and it causes a lifelong negative consequences, such as mental health issues. In fact, there's been studies that indicate that the harm to children from being exposed to sexually explicit material and pornography can include poor mental health, life satisfaction, sexual behavior, attitudes, pornography, viewing patterns in adult life. Yeah, you're teaching kids about sex at a young age. They're going to want to learn about sex. And guess what our internet does? It gives it to them for free, for free. You know, what can parents do about this? You know, it, it, these deceitful policies. Well, what we have to do is get informed and talk to our child and their friends and contact teachers and principals, curriculum directors, school boards, district leaders. We need to get in front of them and get them to stop this crap. The next step is to share what you hear and see with other parents and inform legislators, school boards, and others holding power. Vote in terms of people who think in terms of holding the gender back, curriculum back from our young children. You know, parents should also demand educational transparency. Thanks to sp parents speaking up, bills actually require statewide curriculum transparency K through 12 and have introduced that in 19 states, which is great. But these require public schools, which after all are funded by taxpayers like us, um, to make publicly accessible a list of resources used in classrooms. And we need to continue vigilance about what is being taught. You know, it's, it, And I'm not trying to get up on this soapbox and just beat down the idea of, of teaching gender identity. I'm saying that this is something that kids that are much older in their teenage years – Yes, they need to understand how to address each other, how to respect each other, how to treat each other. But this pronoun crap and this, this gender identity stuff to kids in kindergarten to second grade, come on. It's crazy. And in many cases, gender identity teaching is woven throughout the school day regardless of the subject, sometimes without using any formal teaching resources. For example, in Oregon, schools bypass the requirement to notify parents of gender identity and sexual content teaching by requiring parental communication and opt-out allowances for health classes while giving schools free reign to promote the ideas in other classes. And finally, many choose to select an alternative learning environment with their their students and and their kids as parents nationwide are doing that's great 
but what the next step should be is we should get our tax dollars back so we can put our kids in private school where we don't have to deal with this crap. You know, all of this leads to a crucial point. We need universal school choice provided through public policy. Parents need to have the authority of how or what their children are taught. And by placing funding with families, not the education system, all parents would be afforded educational options. And it's essential that parents are empowered to protect their kids from political agendas and radical practices that are causing uh, uh, long harming uh, issues with our children as far as gender identity. Okay, there's the soapbox. I got on it. I'm getting off it. Now, let's talk about development, sex at birth. When children are born, Sex is assigned based on the essential genitalia. A child who has a penis is said to be male. A child who has a vulva is said to be female. A child who is born with reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't fit the description of female or male is referred to as an intersex child. Does this mean you chop one or the other off at birth? No, but stupid people have done that. Stupid people have done that without allowing their child to make a choice for themselves. Stupid people have allowed doctors to establish the identity of a child's sexuality, uh, even in the fact that they are intersex. They have both organs. You know, gender identity is who you know yourself to be. So it's important to know that gender identity exists on a spectrum. So a person's gender identity can be masculine, feminine, or other. Gender expression, this is how you express your gender to others, whether through your behavior, your clothing, your hairstyle, the name you choose to go by. Words describe someone's gender expression could be masculine, feminine, feminine, androgynous, or whatever. You know, sexual orientation, these are terms. This refers to sexual and emotional attraction that one feels for another person. Transgender, when a person's gender identity is not the same as its sign at sex at birth. And that may be referred to as transgender. You know, for example, a child born with a female genitalia may identify as a boy. A child may also say they are not a boy or a girl, just themselves, because they don't want their sexual characteristics to define who they are. Some cultures and indigenous people use the term two-spirit to represent the person who embodies both masculine and feminine spirit. So the two-spiritness has many sub subtleties and spiritual and cultural nature. Then there's gender dysphoria, and this is the level of discomfort or suffering that can exist when there is conflict between the assigned sex at birth and the gender identity. Some transgender children experience no distress about their bodies, while others may express significant discomfort. And this distress can be more obvious as puberty begins and this body starts to change. So, at two to three years old, around two years old, Children are aware of their differences between boys and girls. Most children can identify themselves as a boy or a girl. This term may or may not match the assigned sex at birth. Some children's gender identity remains stable over their life, while others may alternate between identifying them as a boy or a girl, or even assume other gender identities at different times, somehow even the same day. And this is normal and healthy, and we all have to come to grips with that. We're going to go on into development in just a moment. We'll take another break, and we'll come right back. Change your world. 
Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the development of children and uh, and their gender identity. But the real question is why schools are teaching gender identity to young children. And this developmental understanding can give you the sense of why they want to target it at that age. And once again, I don't agree with it. I think it does great damage. But Here's the reasoning. From four to five years old, many children at that age have a stable gender identity. Gender identity may change later, but the children become more aware of their gender expectations or stereotypes as they grow older. And this is where they think in the school system that they may or may not be accepted for having these ideas. But, you know, this is a behavior that we have to understand. This is a behavior that we have to be respectful of. But it's not a behavior that we want to teach or encourage. It's a behavior that we want to have exploratory understanding and courtesy and and understanding that all children go through gender confusion as a child. You know, they, they may think that certain toys or colors or whatever are only for girls or boys. Some children may express their gender very strongly. For example, A child might go through, and this is between four to five, um, a kid might go through a stage of insisting of wearing a dress every day or refusing to wear a dress even on special occasions. Uh, You know, it's it's just the way it goes. From six to seven, many children begin to reduce outward expressions of gender. And once again, this is why they're trying to teach it is because they begin to reduce outward expressions of gender as they feel more confident. And we're talking about the kids that others recognize their gender. For example, a girl may not feel she 
has to wear a dress every day because she knows that others see her as a girl no matter what she wears. Children may feel their gender identity is different from the assigned sex at birth and may experience increased anxiety because they want to be like their peers but realize they don't feel the same way. Well, that's fine. But you know what? Can that just be something that we understand and that we have compassion for and we have empathy for? Do we have to have – there are plenty of girls and boys who are masculine or feminine as children that turned out to be the same identity. Can't we give them a chance to make a choice for themselves without stuffing your crap down their throat? You know, eight years and up, most children will – and that's third graders. Most children will continue to have gender identity that matches the assigned sex at birth. So preteens, and by the way, this can include second graders too, uh, uh, preteens and teens continue to develop their gender identity through their personal reflection and with input from their social environment, like their peers, their families, their friends. This is exploratory. This is not curriculum. You know, some gender stereotype behaviors may appear, uh, you know, in their teenage years, in their eight, eight, eight and up. That's fine. You may notice that your teen or preteen is making efforts to play up or downplay some of their body uh, physical changes. As puberty begins, some youth may realize their gender identity is different from their sign, assigned sex at birth because some children's gender identity may change, especially about puberty. Families are encouraged to keep options open for your kids. You have to know something. It's so important. What we used to consider to be 18 is now 32. That is because these kids are exposed to so many choices of what they can do with their life, what direction to go with their life, what gender identity to, to, to grab onto, what kind of things they're interested in, not interested in. They're not done experimenting until they're about 32, and I'm not saying they're done at that point, but the bottom line is they've tried on a lot of different things, and that is the confusion that they go through. It's not like you grow up and you either work in the factory or go to college. It's not like that anymore. We have micro-careers where you have to be a micro-expert at certain things, and you know, if you're an architect, maybe it's a medical architect. If it's a house architect, if it's a building architect, I'm just using that example. You have to be very specific about the direction you want to go, but you cannot get to that decision until you experience a lot of things. And that's why 32 developmentally is what used to be 18. We are not, we are very indecisive in the 20s. Many people are. And, and that leads to gender dysphoria and gender identity problems. And a lot of kids in their 20s these days are in therapy simply because they're still trying to establish who the hell am I? And yet we're shoving gender identity down their throat when they're four years old? Come on. How do most children express their gender identity? Kids express it through, uh, the, you know, I am a she, not a he. I'm not your daughter. I'm your son. Children may express their gender through their clothing or hairstyle choices, toys, games, sports, social relationships, gender of friends, preferred name or nickname, whatever. They're entitled. That's fine. Go with it, but don't make it a de de defined way to to relate to them. Relate to them as the person they are rather than the gender they are. You know, remember gender expression is different from gender identity. You can't assume a child's gender identity based on their gender expression. 
You know, just because a boy may be effeminate doesn't mean that he may that he's not attracted to girls. Just because a girl is masculine doesn't mean she's not attracted to boys. You know, uh, 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 some children go through a phase of resisting gender expectations. You know, gender expression and gender identity are different things. So children do best when their parents or caregivers shows them that they're loved and accepted by who they are. That means their life has meaning. That's what's important, not their gender identity. Their life has meaning. Discouraging your kid from expressing a gender can make them feel ashamed. So you give them unconditional support, and and not by framing a, a, a gender, by simply accepting who they are and how they are feeling today. It's a process, not an outcome. Sexuality is a process, not an outcome. Understand that. Many children, this is a phase. And no one can tell you whether your child's gender identity or expressions will change. But what children need to know most is that you will love and accept them as and figure out their place in the world and help them with that and encourage them to do that. In older children, you can go also gently help prepare them for negative reactions from other kids. For example, role-playing, how best to confidently respond to teasing. You know, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you think that about me. That's sad for you. You know, uh, uh, many children, uh, if you understand it's a phase, you, you get creative and express their gender differently, and there's kids called gender creative. And, and they may be more creative than what we expect. A boy wants to wear dresses might be considered gender creative. Society's expectations for gender constantly change and vary in different cultures at different times in history. But that doesn't mean we beat them over the head when they're just trying to come to grips without a talk. You know, it, it, not even not understanding how to read or write. We're, we're reading books to them in, in, in kindergarten to second grade. You know, if you think your kid's transgender, gender diversity is not a result of illness or parenting style. It's caused by letting your child play with dolls. It's not caused by letting your, your kid play with girls' toys or boys' toys. If your child is transgender or gender creative, they can live a happy, healthy life. So you get support from other parents that have these issues – You talk to them about how they handle it. Go to mental health professionals who can help you be creative with your kids and adapt to the childhood that they're wanting. You know, the best way to support your kid is being a strong parent in support of your child who loves them unconditionally. Talk with your kid about identity, such as your your child being able to say words like girl or boy. They're becoming uh, beginning to understand gender. Ask questions. This is a great way to get, uh, you know, read books. Don't don't pressure your kid to change who they are. Don't encourage them to change. Allow them to change. It's not encouraging them to change. It's allow them to be who they want to be, but giving them the consequences of what it, what those kind of choices are. Not in a dark, nasty way, but in a way of understanding that if you're going to look from this perspective, there's going to be people in this world who don't accept that. That's just the way of the world. That's a life lesson, and that's an understanding. You know, we also want to ask our teachers how they support gender expression and what they teach about gender identity at school. We need to have a dialogue with all of our teachers. We need to be aware that a child who is worrying about gender may show signs of depression, anxiety, and poor concentration because they're not being accepted. 
you know, we may be also aware of potentially negative issues that they may face. Let your child know you want to hear about the bullying and the intimidation and you want to do something about it and have a very proactive role with your school about how your child's treated. If you're concerned about your kid's emotional health, talk to your child's family doctor, therapist, mental health person, pediatrician, social worker that, that specialize in helping people with these issues. Some parents have a hard time accepting their kid's identity, and it's different that is, that, 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 since it's different from what was assigned at birth. But often in cultures and religions where this is not easily accepted, if you're having difficulties, seek additional help from websites or printed resources where people may assist you because they have a similar issue happening in their life. But, you know, scholars that look at this kind of stuff, you want to change social environments to one that's loving and accepting. You want to change, you know, if they want to change their bodies, then we want to give them as much ammunition and understanding as that has uh, so that they can have a full understanding of what would happen if they change their bodies. And we also need to teach our kids what falling in love is about and what trust is about. You know, it's important to understand about relationships. It's important for us to be proactive parents and get in front of our kids and try to help them strategically intervene and blend and assimilate into society as a whole. <coughs> Excuse me. I love these allergies. And so it's really important as parents of a kid who wants to be transgender is to have healthy and safe environments for your kid. Help them develop skills where they're safe. And I know that's what the school's thinking they're doing by creating this gender curriculum to kids in, in kindergarten and second grade. It's too young. It's too young and it's too confusing for them to understand. But we want to be open to family systems and we want to make our system help our child assimilate in their gender identity in the way that they view the world. You know, you're not alone and we all can reach out to resources in our church, in our community. We can reach out to resources that can help us help our children assimilate with these ideas and safely explore who am I, what am I about. There is a lot of hope out there. Uh, and we want your hope to be uh, through your child and through your child's life. We want your child to have meaning in their life. Who we are is not our gender. Who we are is our passion and our purpose. And as a parent, your passion and purpose of your child is what's going to propel them into their adult life. That is so much more important than their gender identity. It's also important for us to come to grips with the idea that we have to know that our kids are talking about this subject and we have to be a part of that dialogue with our kids. That is important. Unfortunately, the schools have tried to do that for us, and that is not their place. That is not where they belong. All right, I want to thank you for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. We now have a Facebook page where you can interact. You can also donate to our show via, via the links section and our webpage at voiceamerica.com. Now remember, you may desire to gender identify as invisible. And if you did, your pronouns would be who and where. Also, we used to believe in Wonder Woman. Now we just wonder if it is a woman. Also, there are many complications about humanity these days. The first question is are you bi or bipolar? 
<laughs> also, we really have to understand with the gender identity being taught to children in public schools, you know, our, we have a president, Mr. Magoo, who magically and, and their friends magically got elected. Uh, we have electric cars being forced down our throats with no energy. We have gas so high that we have to take a bus full of crackheads to work. We have to keep our kids out of school for two years because of COVID and, and church without a working vaccine. Uh, you know, our, our, our first consciously created recession is what we're facing that was absolutely designed. Uh, too many people freely coming across our southern border in two years and fentanyl killing an entire international airliner worth of people each day in the U.S. alone. And, can you know, can someone give us something healthy in this election, no matter if it takes two months to get one mental health appointment nowadays? That's really sad, folks. We need to change. We have an election coming up. I hope that we start voting for decent, smart people. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 